Welcome to the Batman Tastic Cast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman, the animated series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds, and today three nerds, who really like Batman. Welcome back, and across the table from me, my co-host, the you greatest did. actor. Oh, you thought of one. Okay. Well, well yeah, go, I'm, go I'm thinking it. off the top of my head. We're All trying right. to make it no, good. Go ahead. Go do it. The greatest actor I know personally since I was 12, Mr. Jordan Hugh. And it's Michael, Michael, Michael. I made him out of clay. And when he's dry and ready, oh, Michael, I will play. Hey. It's actually kind of seasonal. So I appreciate that. It almost is, except this episode is not releasing anywhere no. close no, to no, any no, holiday. No. It's just, it's just, it's almost December right now as we record this. As so. we record this, we are amidst Christmas lights, my Christmas tree, and I have sang a traditional Clayface song. Very well, I, I think. Yes. Nice oh, job. Whoa, whoa, what? A, what? A, a, new, a new voice. Wow. That, 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 that very smooth and lovely voice belongs to our guest today, um, Often on our other podcast that Jordan and I have done, we referred to this man as the horror master, the master of horrors, an incredibly talented individual. Um, but you're going to meet him for the first time on the Batman Cast. Everyone out there, please, uh, we can hear you, so please welcome Mr. Evan Donellen. Evan, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I can't think of a clayface pun to do, so I'll just say that I'm a bit of a shapeshifter. How does that work? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. He's like, like a it. chameleon. Oh, there we go. <laughs> no, oh, we've been trying to get Evan on the show for a while, and we're uh, so happy you could join us for this one. So this is really, really cool. We had thought of a lot of different episodes to bring you on, but like, I think when we were like, I first asked you, I was like, what well, episode do you want to do? Can, can I tell you? Can yeah, I tell yeah. the story? Because yeah. like, I'm I'm a selfish person. So <laughs> when Jordan first told me that you guys were launching this podcast, I don't even think I said anything like that's a great idea or anything like that. I just said, great, I want to be on this episode, and I'll save it. For for later what that episode is. You can I, say it now. Oh, yeah, I wanted fine. I wanted Baby Doll. I right. wanted my which is my favorite episode of the show. And right. Jordan was like, Great, yeah, you can you can do that. And then like a week or so later, Jordan came up to me and was like, you can't do Baby Doll. And I was my first reaction was, Oh, I, you got somebody else? I can't have Baby Doll. And you were like, No, Evan, it's like a hundred and fifty episodes in. Right. It's we have to way, get you on all the way at the end. Earlier. So right. then you said, What would you like to do? And I said, uh, feet of clay. Parts one and two. It's a great choice. So, I mean, yes, you could still be on the baby doll please, episode. Please. I'm claiming it on air. Okay, it's yes. perfectly fine. Like a year from now, <laughs> yes. when we're doing baby yes. doll, yes. we'll get Evan back. Yeah, you could absolutely still be on the baby doll episode, but it's... you'll probably be on another one between. Between, yeah, that. yeah, we'll probably have <laughs> you on some scarecrow. So episode. far from now, yeah, yeah. There, well, we... see, that's the thing. There's no shortage of scarecrow episodes exactly. you can come back and do. Right. There's yeah. not a lot of clayface episodes. No, no, but I kind of very like few that. on purpose. I kind of like that. Um, so actually, Evan, uh, I, I guess we'll start here then. So what is your history and relationship to Batman the Animated Series? Why were you a good candidate for us to so wisely bring you on this podcast? Well, um, I think it's pretty much, uh, we're the same age, so I think it's pretty identical to you guys. You know, I was a Batman fan growing up who wasn't, and when this show dropped, I was watching it from day one. And for me, it is probably like you guys and like a lot of people in our generation, Kevin Conroy is the definitive Batman for me. That's what I grew up. Yeah. That's how I associate the character still to this day. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. And um, yeah, and I think it's one of the greatest animated shows of all time. You know, it's had... Excuse me, we say the greatest. The gr Well, yeah. I mean... It's really I what? It's this and The Simpsons. 
it's this in the Simpsons. I remember when this was, when the animated series was first getting kind of like this critical reclamation. Like I sort of bristled at that a little bit because I'm a big snob, and I was like, <laughs> "Come on, that's ridiculous." And then I bought the set and watched it and was like, "Oh no, it's it's up there. It's one of the greatest." And also, I think I think you guys have mentioned this. If you will look at other um, comic book animated shows from our childhood, like people stump for X Men a lot. You try to rewatch that now, and it's like. Okay, this is fine. It's not at the same artistic sure. and creative level well, of the animated series. No, I think what we've been saying on the show, or even privately, is just X-Men is good. It's just, it's very inconsistent. Yeah, X-Men also, unfortunately, Saban cheaped out. Right, right. There's Saban, a huge drop in quality yeah, 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 and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Ninja Turtles does the same thing. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about more about Animation Studios, I think, in episode two, uh, part two of Feet of Clay, but... Um, the first, I think, six episodes of Ninja Turtles was were, was done by Toei Animation, who um, is known for Dragon Ball and uh, One Piece and I think Sailor Moon. And um, so they were kind of trying to follow... I guess Batman was trying to do the same thing with mm. the Japanese studios, the anime studios working on this stuff because we talked about this in the first episode, Bubble Economy of the 80s, Pops in the 90s in Japan. So you have these Japanese studios and I think... Uh, the first few episodes of X-Men use uh, really good animation studios and then they saw the bill and were like, uh, uh, we can't do this anymore. Sure. This is too expensive. But um, the X-Men show is good. I think some of those, I think the voice work is the best on that in terms of like the thing that stands out for me from the X-Men cartoon is the is the voice work. Um, obviously, like to me, that's a definitive Wolverine. That's a definitive sure. Cyclops. That's sure. a definitive Storm and Jean Grey and Professor X. Like these are all the characters I hear when I read the comic books. Similarly to how I hear Mark Hamill and uh, Kevin Conroy whenever I read Batman and Joker. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know? But, um, so we have you on for Feet of Clay. Uh, yeah, so, Evan. so why this episode? Mainly because, um, you know, I was looking at early ones and this is one of the few that I can remember watching these episodes in my parents' bedroom when they first aired. These, yeah, like, yeah. burned into my head, yeah. particularly the image that stayed with me, kind of haunted me, because this this episode has its scary elements. We already know. Which, yep. We already yep. know oh which scene you're talking about. Is it the hand? Oh, no. Yeah, the hand, the hand the, is the, No, the hand really got me. I know you're thinking of another one. I think you're thinking of the... Um, yeah, the stuff the clay being the clay getting poured onto, onto him, yeah. yeah. But no, his his hand, Clayface Matt Hagen's hand, leaning out the car door and just turning into goop, yeah, uh, freaked <laughs> the hell out of me. And it's always been, uh, it's always just been burned up there. Um, and I haven't watched it in a long time, so it was nice to watch them both for this. I will say it is nice, and Jordan and I have said this many times in the show. Um, you know, it's one of those things where. You go back and you be like, is this as good as I think it is? And then I went back and watched a lot of these episodes. And I've been watching more episodes to prepare for future episodes of the show. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. It's it's really good. Like, yeah. It's actually so heartening to see how many how many of these are actually better yeah, than I remember. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was one of them. I mean, obviously, On Leather Wings is... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Evan, you know... Um, have you guys done? You guys have done Two Face at this point. We've yes, done Two yes, Face one yes, and two, yeah, one and two, which was brilliant. Was was that the first? No, that wasn't the first two parter. What's no, the first two parter. We've actually covered a few two parters at this point. So Cat and the Claw parts one and two, right? They, okay. Well, that, this is that, the air order, right? The broadcast order, right? So that one broadcast first, yes, of the two parters, yeah. Um, but the first two parter in the production order is Two Face. It is Two Face. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Two Face because. It's the, the 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 way they broadcast the show versus the way it was produced is crazy, but it's uh it it does go to show you that this is um produced twentieth, right? Feet of Clay is twenty and twenty one. Yeah. But they air it fifth and sixth. 
Right. Yeah. That's so crazy. it's that's so it's crazy. So it's yeah, exactly. It's Cat in the Claw is is one and two, right? I understand like they break it up in some lists, but we know that On Leather Wings is third. Yeah. Right. We know that's third. They aired a Scarecrow one early, didn't they? Nothing, Nothing to, to fear. fear is early. Yeah, okay. that's early, but I don't know where that is. Um, I don't remember off the top of my it's head. It's not too far off of its production. No, 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 order, no. Yeah. It's not. Uh, and all the good ones are either bumped up or very close. Heart of Ice, I think, was was broadcast number four. Wow. So that's the first Monday. This is the Tuesday after that. Yeah. So this is super early. Early. This is, yeah. It is. There's Fifth a lot episode. of politicking that goes into you know the order that things are broadcast in. Yeah. You know, and not always to Bruce Tim's liking. Sure. Yeah. Um, though I'm sure he gets a say as well. You know, it's weird because. The show is coming off of Batman Returns, so they tried to front load it with having that Catwoman episode, which isn't very good. Yeah. Um, but, and also is a, a, a two-parter. It is so hard to get a young child to even understand the concept of a two-parter, and you take the risk that like they're not going to be home two days yep. in a row, right, or they're going right. to miss one of these parts. I remember even with Feet of Clay, I think I had seen part one a bunch. Yeah, and like part two was always missing. Which I remember, like when that cliffhanger happened. Yeah, I remember being like, "Oh my god, I have to, I have to see what happens next. I have mm. to see what happens next." It was one of the first cliffhangers nope. that really <laughs> got me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think this is the first week of school. Probably this is airing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The first week of school. This is the Tuesday of the first week of school for us. I know people in other parts of the country go to school, you know, earlier than we did, but we're always in the we're always back in school like the first second first and second week of September. So you get home from school, you watch the first one and hope to god you see the second part. Now, unlike Two-Face, episode part 1 and 2 and Two-Face, part 1 and part 2 of Two-Face can be shown and seen at separate times. Yeah, weirdly, those episodes take place six months apart. Yeah, so they and can they be... And they do tell two individual stories. Yeah. Not these. This is no. continuous. No, you, this is... you need it immediately. This yeah. one and Cat in the Claw are very much like right on top of one another. And, um, and you know, there's not a lot... There's not a ton of like action in part one of Feet of Clay. It has one big sequence. One big sequence. It's got that beginning fight a little bit, which is great. And then, but a lot of it's a lot of, it's building. It's a lot of yeah. building to something. It's building who Matt Hagen is. It's building. And Clayface himself shows up for what, half a second? Half a second. Barely, episode, yeah. You know, yeah. And you don't even really see him. No. Exactly. But um, it's an incredibly dark episode. Yeah, very dark. Um, and, you know, Two -Face, uh, Clayface Part 2 is a little less dark. I'm sorry, Feet of Clay Part 2 is a little less dark. But um, it's still, it's still got that kind of darkness to it. And, you know, even in the first episode, like from the second you see Hagen's face, it's like, whoa, like what are they doing? What are it's they going It's really with? dipping into horror movie territory, yeah. Yeah. like right Which away. Is why I was excited to have you on this, because listeners, if you do not know, we referred to Evan as the horror master. That's a that's a real thing. <laughs> yes. So He's uh, earned that title. Yeah. Evan is, I, w I was about to just say among my friends, but I think just among people. <laughs> right? Evan has seen more horror movies than like anybody and writes so intelligently about horror and all that. So what do you think this episode owes itself to? Like, what are they going for here? They're, are they trying to do like 30s horror? What are I they doing? I think they are. And I mean, um, I did a little bit of, you know, quote unquote research on the Clayface character in the comics. Okay. Because this is sort of an amalgam. Yeah. There's like eight Clayfaces in the comics. Yeah. Right. And so this is an amalgam of, of two of them. Because yeah. the original Clayface is a guy named Basil Carlo. Yeah, which who is... Who uh, is... on Boris, Boris Karloff. Karloff. Yeah. And Boris like, Karloff and... Um, Basil Rathbone. Basil Rathbone. Basil Rathbone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 
in the comics, his original story is, you know, he sort of is a washed up movie star, dons a mask that is Clayface, that is a character he played in the movie and sort of goes on a slashing spree. Okay, so it's Matt Hagen adjacent, at least. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then, so, but yeah. he's not a real shapeshifter. And then Matt Hagen is sort of the first shapeshifter, so I feel like they were combining those two ideas by making him the movie star and sort of hearkening back to the old, really the old Universal Monster movies. Right. Like, that's Which what is, it feels like. That's the better angle because Hagen in the comics appearance wise, he's some kind of like a mercenary or something. Yeah, right? he's nothing like... Or a treasure hunter Yeah, he's, he's a treasure hunter. He's nothing like the actor, but I think the actor story is way better. It is. Way why, better. It's why, so much better. Why they went with the name Matt Hagen and not Basil Carlo, I don't know. Maybe Basil Carlo is some, would be a hard name for kids to remember that might I don't be know. the case and it, it might have been that uh, they didn't want to because basil carlo is basically a serial killer so yeah maybe they were like eh, yeah it's a little too yeah, far yeah um but matt hagan you get it like also like once again it's like we saw this with two-face um when we did the two-face episodes um clayface yes he's a villain yes he does bad things but like once again this is a tragic character this isn't like it is the but joker it is but it's, it's interesting in the sense that you don't really have a lot of sympathy for Matt Hagen no. in this first episode because no. he just comes off as an obnoxious, arrogant prick. Yeah. You get sympathy a, for him yeah. in the second episode yeah. once he's transformed. That's right. when you yeah. start feeling for him. Yeah. When you first meet the actor, he's just this terrible, arrogant, abusive asshole. Sure. Yeah. I think the change to the name Matt Hagen to define this specific version of the character is a Bruce Timism. Okay. I remember back to when we covered See No Evil. Yeah. Remember that Invisible Man character was supposed to be Mirror Man. Yeah. And oh. Bruce Tim was like, oh, I don't know. Mirrors are hard in animation. I don't want to use Mirror Man. He could still be Lloyd Ventrix. Or actually, so Mirror Man's real name is Floyd Ventrix. He changed it to Lloyd. Lloyd is more common than Floyd. Yeah. I think, like, having your friend named Basil is a little irregular. Yeah. I think he wanted somebody that, like, I don't know, no offense to people named fucking Basil, right? But, like, the name Matt, like, oh, my friend Matt. I feel bad for Matt. Matt Hagen is a sympathetic-sounding name. It sounds like a regular guy. Yeah. Basil Carlo sounds like a fucking monster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, yeah. Obviously. So it's a little more down-to-earth that yeah, way. Yeah. It's, it's a little also, less high There's problem. also some great... Um, body horror stuff going yeah. on in these episodes. Very yeah. It's very Cronenberg. Yeah. Very, very Cronenberg. I kind of love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I kind of love it. Um, what's crazy about uh, about Clayface, too, is because you were doing the research and I was doing the research and we all looked into this character a bit and it's like, this character's been around, like, Clayface has been around forever. Forever. He's an older early, Batman villain. Early, Which early is Batman funny because I think of him as a new Batman villain. Yeah, exactly, because of the cartoon is probably what kind of reinvented him. Sure, yeah, well, when I was a kid, you know, I had no idea that um, these characters were from the comics at all. Yeah. So I would watch the show and be like, oh, they made up a new character, Clayface. Yeah. They made up a Scarecrow. Totally. You yeah. know, not knowing yeah, yeah, that they yeah. had this history. But you know what? Basically, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini reinvent all these characters. Right. So in some way, it's like their version anyway. But yeah, Clayface has a really profound history in Batman comics, I remember thinking back on this episode and thinking like, oh yeah, Clayface, surely that is a villain that came about in the 80s yep. when you had these edgy, gross villains. Yep. You know, and even like the late 80s into the 90s, like McFarlane era stuff. Sure, sure. Right? Like and Venom. then I was like, oh no, I look back and I'm like, no, he's a, he's a golden age villain. Yeah, Clayface first appeared in Detective Comics number 40. So... For those of you out there doing the math, Batman shows up in Detective Comics number 27. So this is like, you know, 13 issues into Batman. Pretty much within the first year of Batman wow, existing. so he's among he's the first. Yeah. yeah, like real early. Real, real right. early. And predates quite a number of the oh, popular oh, villains. Oh, yeah. of course. And um, Hagen 
becomes Clayface in the 60s. Like he's, I think, 1960 or 1961. He's a Silver Age character. Right. And that's when he's a shapeshifter and for that's, the first time. That's when he gets... <laughs> and actually, as of this recording, Matt Hagen is no longer Clayface. No. Totally well, there's, there's like yeah. eight or nine. Well, and now, and some of the clay... Listen, comic books are comic books. Some of the clay has become independently sentient and has right. gone that's off nice. to have like lives of its own. There's clay kids, right? right? Yeah, okay. basically. Yeah, a bunch of clay people running around. Um, there's Clay Bertrand. He killed JFK. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the movie. <laughs> but um, also, it would make more That's sense. Fucking stupid reference. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I, I lo- enjoyed it very thank much. Thank you. I loved it. Um, I would say this much, though. The um, the sand mud monster Clayface makes sense that he's from the 60s. Makes sense that he's a Silver Age character. It's a more science fiction kind of character because the Silver Age is more geared towards like... So the... In comic books, the Silver Age character, the character that starts the Silver Age, is the uh, is the Flash, mm. is the okay. Barry Allen Flash, mm. in, I think nineteen fifty eight. Okay, and obviously the Silver Age torch is carried by the Fantastic Four, the X Men, Spider Man, the Hulk, all these science fiction based characters. So now that you have a character that's had his whole anatomy screwed up by whatever process and whatever radioactive goop or whatever he got put in. Renew you. Renew you in the in the in the in the TV show. Um, it makes sense that Matt Hagen what is this shape shifting shape shift. Yeah, renew you is terrifying. Um, this shape shifting monster makes more sense that that's a silver age a silver age thing. And that's very um that's very sort of Spider Man villainy. Yeah, isn't it? you know, like well, well Electro, I fall in a vat of eels. I'm an eel. Sandman, yeah. I fall in a Perhaps it's sand. I'm a sand man. Well, it's the it's the OSHA violation gallery. Of <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Right, right. Right. Or the animal themed bank robbers. Um, <laughs> right, right. I want to get. I want to actually talk more about Spider Man when we talk about Feet of Clay Part Two. Yeah. Just because um, we see him do a lot of sand. He does some sand yeah, yeah, A really lot does. of sand man. Sandman is technically not older than Clayface. Uh, Sandman is definitely not. Uh, Sandman in Spider-Man comics, I think Spider-Man is 1962. Sandman might have been 63. Sure, but we can say, not taking anything away from either character, these villains are of a type. Oh, yeah. Of a guy who turns elementally into something and then changes his body into other stuff. There's a lot of them. I don't know if Matt Hagen in the comic books, and I should research this a little bit more, but I don't know if Matt Hagen in the comic books did like the big mace and the morning star and the big block hand. I think that might have, that, when he does that in Feet of Clay Part 2, it looks very Sandmandy. but I would have to go back and look at the Matt Hagen comic books to see oh, if he enough. did that thing. Yeah. Um, but they are they are contemporary of each other, mm. just like a lot of Spider-Man and Batman villains, whether it's Killer Croc and the Lizard, Catwoman sure. and Black Cat. Right. Uh, yeah, Green Goblin and the Joker. Um, we can go on and on and on, and it's uh, there's a lot of similarities there. I think I think there's reason why those characters are always related with their rogue gallery. Yeah, I just wanted to speak uh, quickly to Evan's point. Uh, you mentioned that you know Matt Hagen is not particularly a sympathetic character in the first part of this episode. Yeah, I think this actually speaks to. I had wondered. I didn't know this. I'm not a religious person. Um, why this episode is called Feet of Clay. I was wondering that. Yeah, I have the no idea. Whole so, um, well, it's from it's from the the book of Daniel in the Bible. Well, it looks like Daniel. And um, I, I'm I'm actually I'm using the Google machine right now because I, I had this up before. But it's it's a biblical reference. It, it's an expression from the Bible, and it, it is to mean a weakness or hidden flaw in the character of a greatly admired or respected person. Oh wow! And oh. I believe it referred to the statue of a of a great man, maybe even Nebuchadnezzar, apparently in the Bible, whose uh, the head of the statue was made of gold, 
and and everyone looked to the head of it. But as you got lower down on the statue, like the 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 chest was made of bronze, and then the the groin of iron, and then the feet of clay. So oh. the statue over time started to crumble and like fall down. These guys are um, so good. Well, that totally fits with <laughs> These guys. with Matt Hagen. Well, exactly. So, That's but then, right so on. what is this character's flaw? Is it is it his pride over his appearance? Is it that he's got this the the, the high-value character in these two episodes is this Teddy guy. Yep. Yes. Right, his friend-slash-assistant. His stand-in. His stand-in, his stunt guy, his, uh, his, his Brad his Pitt. His Cliff Booth. His yeah. I, I thought of that right. a few times. Yeah. And Cliff keeps saying things to him that basically are like, yeah, look, you got into the accident. I, am I imagining this dialogue? He basically says, like, just come clean about it. Just, like, we yeah. have to rehabilitate your image. We can't, you can't keep doing this. Yeah. You know, and I guess the flaw is that he has to remain beautiful. He has to and... remain this, like, perfect specimen. And Teddy does say to him at one point, I think it's in the second episode, that, um, like, hey, Matt, you had your, the best movies of your career were after, after the accident. After the accident. And he's still yeah. like, no, I have to look like this perfect thing. Well, it's a vanity thing, right? Yeah. It's a vanity thing. It's an actor. Thing. It's a very yeah, it's a movie star movie actor star thing. type thing. I mean, that's just the case. I mean, we will see more of this to a comedic level in Harley Quinn with Alan Tudyk's take on Clayface, which is actually hilarious. I still have to watch that show. So uh, now we can take this one level deeper because actually our episode is titled Feet of Clay, but it's the other kind of feet. The expression from the Book of Daniel is Feet of Clay, F-E-E-T, feet, as in the end of your legs, right? Things you walk on. Feet of Clay in this case is spelled F-E-A-T, meaning some kind of accomplishment, meaning, I guess that your accomplishments also erode over time and are collapsible and ephemeral in some ways. So in some ways it kind of goes back to the core of what, like what all acting and performance is like, how much is your great acting career really worth at the end of the day? Maybe nothing. How much is your beauty really worth? Right. Yeah. How long it's do just, you think it can possibly last? Exactly. It's, yeah. it's nothing. It's a feat of clay. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the writers in the show are just so bright. The fact that they were they were able to come up with that stuff and sure and this is you know it is a it is a two parter but yeah they pack a lot it's a it's a cram into forty minutes yeah I mean it's wild they even flesh out two goon characters two of the best goons germs and bell yeah Uh, germs and bell are fantastic yeah really great stuff um uh before we get into like the trivia and stuff um this episode was directed by Dick Sebast or Sebast. Um, story was by Marv Wolfman and Michael Reeves, and the teleplay was by Michael Reeves. A really talented team on this one, doing some really great work. Obviously, the feet of clay thing is is incredible. Um, I love that image too of the uh, the comedy and tragedy mask. Oh, so good. The, uh, the title yes, the, the title card is good, especially because the shadow on the tragedy mask is like this distorted thing on the wall, and I'm like, this is so good. And it's the great. comedy mask is cracked. Is cracked. Yep. So it's like yep. happiness is over, and you know, tragedy. It's uh, too ensues. good. It's, it's too good. It's so bright. <laughs> It's just These too fucking good. People. These guys, man, I'm so jealous. Um, we get a new, we get a new villain in this episode uh, with Roland Daggett. Um, this is Daggett's first episode. Daggett's first episode, not his last. He's yes. not in as many as I remember. Yeah, because I think I keep conflating Rupert Thorne and Roland Daggett. In my yeah, mind. Sure. I, I, I get it. I mean, Daggett does come back. Yes, da- Daggett comes back. And Daggett was used by uh, Chris Nolan. Yeah, yeah. Ben Mendelsohn played him in Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Ben Mendelsohn. Yep. yep. Though in the Nolan verse, Daggett is just random corporate villain. He's just a rival corporate guy. Right. Yeah. He's not, and he is a rival corporate guy to Bruce Wayne in this episode. But he's yes. an uh, an inventor an industrialist right yeah. so i think what they were trying to do is uh, they could have used anyone but they're not going to use lex luther obviously uh they're trying to do like all right so thorn is the underworld problem yep. he's the illegitimate businessman and then daggett is the you know business level threat yep. right, right. Yep. 
Because Bruce Wayne's got to be threatened. So that and is Batman it. has to be threatened. That is what they needed. They yep. wanted a crime boss like Thorne to be like, this is Batman's problem. And then Daggett to be like, this is Bruce, Bruce Wayne's, Wayne's problem. problem. And uh, they went and got Ed Asner to play Daggett, which Doing I love. Doing a great job. Doing a great job. I, I remember, I'm, I, obviously, Ed Asner has been in a million things. And just a few years before Freakazoid. And just a few years before Freakazoid. <laughs> Our and, personal right, favorite. That's and, right. uh, and, um... He was J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man sure cartoon. Was. We do plan to do Freakazoid on the Patreon. Yes. Oh, you absolutely oh, should. Oh, it's very short. Yes. Yeah. There's oh, not a lot can, of those episodes. Oh, you have yes. to do Freakazoid. Because this whole team went on to do Freakazoid. Well, that was their, that was kind of their, they were like, listen, we'll make Batman, we'll do all this stuff, yeah, we'll yeah. do all this stuff, but we want Freakazoid. Yeah. And I think they worked with Steven Spielberg. Freakazoid's so, I mean. It's so It's good. so bizarre. A brief moment of Freakazoid. That was Deadpool before Deadpool oh, was yeah. dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's based off of Madman, I think. That's fine too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Those they, are similar characters. Oh, of course. Madman, Freakazoid, Deadpool. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Because Madman is uh, that's Mike Allred, right? Mike Allred did Madman. You would know more than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Madman is kind of like Freakazoid too, but so is Deadpool. It's it, I. It took me a long They're time. They're of a type. Yeah. Yes, I took me a long time to appreciate that type of character. But now I love it because they're subversive to the genre and to themselves. Like the rumor that Deadpool's third movie is going to be about him killing all the Fox characters. I hope it's true. Killing them off. I hope it's true. Which would be, I'm, I'm fine. Evan is rubbing his temple. Yeah, he's very upset. With, I have with nothing to say about Deadpool. <laughs> We're not going to talk about okay, Deadpool. No more Deadpool. Deadpool, Deadpool. Deadpool didn't get a cartoon. Um, he just yet. shows up in other people's. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, so yeah, Ed Asner's doing Roland Daggett for us. Roland Daggett. Awesome. Uh, Do you know who is doing the voice of my favorite henchman in this episode? Germs. Germs. Do you know who's doing that voice? Is that Ed Begley Jr.? Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, that's wow. pretty awesome. Um, it, yeah, it, it, this is an all-star cast actually on this one. Actually, let me go down to the voice cast yeah, for a second. I mean, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron is Perlman. Clayface. Well, of course, Ron Perlman is Clayface. So Ron Perlman. He's not too far off of his Beauty and the Beast show. Yeah. No, and he's like he's point. got his first recognition from he's in Guillermo del Toro's first movie Chronos, right? Yeah. Which was what really takes him off. Yeah. So he's become known as doing like, all right, this is a monster guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's doing a great job as monster guy in this. I still. I but still... this is actually Ron's second appearance on the show. He yeah. played the driller. The driller. Previous to this, this is in a POV. Big, this is a big upgrade. He's the driller in POV. <laughs> I like the driller, but yeah, we love the driller. <laughs> still an upgrade. <laughs> He's actually a really good episode for us. Really we like oh, no, I like yeah. POV. I didn't realize that was Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman. You know, Ron Perlman, uh, you know, man, if he was if he was 20-something years younger, he would be a great Ben Grimm. Anyway. Oh, he's yeah. so good at so many things. I know. Boy, was I that know. a mistake not using him in Hellboy again. I know. Oh, oh, what, what a and this is probably, this is all of our first exposures to Ron Perlman. Yeah, right? definitely. This is like definitely the first time we all. For sure. What else yeah. could we have possibly seen? Maybe I didn't Beauty, watch Beauty and, and the Beast, Beast one night. Right, maybe. Oh, yeah. I remember my mom was really into that, but I, I didn't get to he watch it. He looked like a real lion man. He did. He, yeah, did. he was, like, he was like, not a little lion man. No, no. He was a big lion man. Yeah, big lion man. Oh, good old Ron Perlman. Um, all right, let's dive into some uh, IMDb trivia, if you all, all right. don't what mind. What do we got? Yeah, sure. All right, many fans and critics have praised the episode for its dark tone. Uh, we kind of hinted at that before, but mm -hmm. Bruce Tim and Paul Dini were reportedly so pleased with this episode that they preferred to have it stand alone. And so they, uh, they did not bring Clayface back for actually quite some time. I can actually only think of one other Clayface episode. Mudslide. Yeah. Mudslide. Mudslide. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another there's one. There's one more. In when, it, when the animation. In the really, new, in in the the new, new adventures, adventures. Right. yes. Just yes. as an aside, okay, why they changed the theme song when you get to season two of the show It's really is, jarring, is jarring. And it's, it's, I guess they must have lost the rights or something. There's a lot of Robin in it, too. 
for wow. you, specifically for you, Jordan. Jesus, we are you guys it. covering that? Are you? Gonna yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we plan to. Go Our intent is we're going to do the full 109, which includes new adventures, and, and we'll then, probably go on to other ba- stuff as Batman well. Beyond, sure, yeah. sure, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Batman Beyond, and then uh, basically I, any animated Batman is yeah, is good I, for us. I really, yeah, wanna... I mean, you could keep this going for the rest of your life. Yeah, listen, exactly. if the people demand it, if the people, <laughs> there's demand also a lot of movies, man. We could do Batman Beyond. We could even, I mean, listen, if we really want to go for it, we could do Justice League, Brave and the Bold. Anything Batman appears on, we could. Brave and the Bold looks. I haven't watched it, and I really want to. The fact that Batman—it's awesome. The fact that Batman and Abraham Lincoln stop Abraham Lincoln's <laughs> own assassination, and John Wilkes Booth isn't like in a steampunk, steampunk. John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, I'm sold. Sold. <laughs> and it's Diedrich Diedrich Bader. Diedrich Bader is Batman. Bader's sold. Batman. Yeah. And it is—it right. is widely known that the Confederacy had steampunk technology. Obviously, yeah. so we're clear. Yeah, and I mean, John Wilkes Booth. I think we, learned, we learned this a from steampunk colossus. We learned this from Wild Wild West. Wild right. Wild West yes. and, and Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> That's right. We played. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, more trivia. Um, So uh, similarly, the Batman, the animated series uh, Heart of Ice, which is a fantastic episode, stood alone as the only episode featuring Mr. Freeze for a full season until Batman, the animated series Deep Freeze in uh, 1994. Yeah, he has a much, that's a much longer break. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Freeze, it's like the, well, you know what's weird? The Riddler's not in a lot of episodes, but he's in two episodes like right next to each other on the broadcast order. It's very weird. We Mm. will, we will talk a lot. When we finally get to the Riddler episodes, I have a long diatribe oh, about good. Riddler I... and and how they did him dirty on this show. Those are yeah. two of my favorite episodes. They're this is great. Well, they're excellent. I think they couldn't figure out. They've they've said it before. We've said this before. They can't figure out how to do a Riddler episode in twenty two minutes. No, no, yeah. Right. But I was like, why didn't you burn a couple of two parters on him? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. You know what? It might be. It's very easily fixed with a previously on. But it might be because if there are a bunch of clues that you get in the first episode True. and kids. And it's frustrating then. People, also, kids can't really wrap their head around a full riddle the whole let, time. Let me know? tell you this, though. I think that these these broadcast folks and the producers, to this day, still don't give kids enough credit. I right? agree. If you go and watch Gravity Falls, that whole show is about interconnected riddles. It's the whole show. Yeah. If you go and watch any anime ever, it's one continuous story. Are you agreed, Evan? Riddler's the number three. Of in terms of Batman, the Rogues Gallery. Yeah, I would go three. It's for me. It's Scarecrow, Joker, Riddler. Oh, a little bit different than mine. What is yours? Joker, Two Face, Riddler. We only exempted Catwoman because she's barely a villain. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't count Catwoman. You know, for me, and there's not a lot of Batman villains I dislike. Sure. Scarecrow's still top five. I mean, respect for Scarecrow. Sure. Well, I think. I mean, there's a difference between me going like which three have the most clout versus which three I like the best. You know, there's a different thing there too because, like, yeah, Joker, Two Face, and and Riddler are like gigantic um i like mr freeze a lot because he's I just love mr freeze i like mr freeze and i know why i like mr freeze because he's essentially a marvel villain that's why sure, he's very close is. to being a spider-man villain. i like freeze on this show i don't think i like freeze in general no. I think most people would say that. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that you know it's his design it's the voice it's all that stuff the voice yeah in the show. i don't yeah. love later when he's just ahead but i guess we'll get there we'll get there you'll get there all right so um the look of the Imperial Pictures lot was designed after Warner Brothers, uh, which is in Burbank, California. I was wondering what studio they were based very, in. Yeah, Imperial makes sense. Pictures. Yeah. Very incongruous of. to the rest of Gotham City. Yeah. But it, it always feels that. Like, yeah, where is this movie studio in right. the middle of this Gothic well, City? Well, that's like in The Forgotten when they're in, like, the, the red sand waste <laughs> desert of, like, New Mexico. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Get that harmonica out. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's, that's our trivia here. Um, anything you guys want to say before we jump in? Um, just, I, I feel like I'm going to be saying this a lot in this, in these two episodes. That's fine. Um, I couldn't get over, and I mean this as a positive, 
how gross these two episodes oh, are. They're they're gross. Gross. They are gross. They're gross. And so right from the get-go, yeah. um, they don't give you any breathing room. It's just, it was cool. You know, it's we talk about this a lot on the show, uh, on the podcast here, where like so much of this, even though it's still a cartoon, it's still done with a very high production value. There is, you know, part of part of the the purpose of a cartoon is to be toyetic, right? right? And what's what's a better toy than like a big gross monster? Sadly, they wouldn't have made a clay face like that. At this oh time. no, I had a clay face. You had a clay face like oh, this. Oh, I had a clay face that was this design. Oh, it yeah. came with um, one hand was the silver. Claw. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And it was, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of inflatable, like that's what I meant. Yeah. And the other one, the other hand had the ball with spikes on it that if you squeezed him, it would shoot out. That's brilliant. Oh, I might have had that too, actually. Maybe I didn't see it. That could have just been me. Yeah. But that's awesome. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I love. That. I got that and Mr. Freeze for Easter one oh, year. Oh, well, that's nice. That. That's a yeah. good Easter basket. It was. It was. Yeah, I yeah. was very happy with that one. Yeah, yeah. I had the wrong Mr. Freeze. I had a previous Mr. <laughs> yeah, the one that mean the one that I had. I had him with like the white suit. You had yep. him like from the '66. From the I guess so. I don't know. Uh, was, DC put something. out a yeah. DC put out a bunch of figures with toy toy whiz. Um, it was not good. Toy Biz in uh, in the '80s. It was like right right around when the Batman movie came out, like okay. early '90s, late '80s. Sure. I remember and I used to put him in the actual freezer. My mom would yell at me. Yeah, don't do that. It's Mr. Freeze. You were just trying to put <laughs> him where he belongs. His head returned blue. Um, all right, so here we go. Season one, episode 20, Feet of Clay, part one. All right, theme song is the best thing that's ever happened. Um, we see the title card, which we talked about it. We have the, uh, you know, the two masks representing comedy and tragedy. Comedy has a fracture on the left side, and tragedy's shadow is, as Jordan said, much larger. Uh, font we got here is like another standard Art Deco font. No mention of part one, so nobody knows that this is going to be a two-parter yet. Um, this one, as I said before, directed by Dick Seabass, story by Marv Wolfman and Michael Reeves, and the teleplays by Michael Reeves. I like when they do the story in the teleplay. I think it's cool. It is. It's also wild that as a kid, you don't know when something is going to be a two-parter. Yep. Oh, yeah. There was no guide back then to tell you. No. Nope. Do you remember? You know? I remember sometimes, like once I knew that two-parters existed, which yeah. this was probably part of my introduction to it. You would start watching the clock and realizing <laughs> yeah. they don't have time to wrap this up. Yep. Oh, oh shit, this is going to be a two-parter. Yep. Oh, my yep. God, what are we going to do? i got to watch two days in a row. Um, so uh, so the, first, the first scene is, uh, it's an odd, it's an odd setup. This it's ep- an odd location. Odd location, it's, odd setup. It's the Gotham City Tramway. Tramway. So I'm guessing, like, it's comparable to Roosevelt Island or whatever. I was going to say, this is old New York. This yes. is Roosevelt Island for yeah. sure. Um, so I think they're just looking at different places. Where they're like, "What haven't we done yet?" Yeah, and yeah. the tramway comes up. Tramway comes up. I, I was actually kind of like, "Oh, this is cool." Also, I thought about like Batman likes to fly through the sky a lot. Maybe they could do some stuff with that. Uh, so the tramway is apparently shut down. Um, we see a man dressed in a trench coat. Now, when I first saw this guy, I'm like, "Oh, that kind of looks like Harvey Bullock." I thought it was yeah, Bullock it for does. a second. And uh, I was kind of taken off guard because Bullock kind of has the look with the fedora and the trench coat and all that stuff. Um, but we find out soon after that that it's not um, this car. We see a Wayne Enterprises car, so it's marked with like the big W.E. for Wayne Enterprises, and we uh, see inside the car, um, we see exiting the car, rather, is Lucius Fox, who actually first showed up in uh, See No Evil, right? Is that his first appearance? I was going to ask this, because I was like, there's no way this can be his first appearance. Well, yeah, it's his first appearance on TV, but I right, think but he's in... in- I think he's in See No Evil. I think he's the I'm one... I'm checking now. I do not know. Yeah, because I think he's the he's the guy who directs Bruce Wayne or whoever to look into the material that they can use because I think uh, the guy that... Um, what was his name? Floyd Ventress 
was using yeah, Lloyd Ventrix. Lloyd Ventrix America, was yeah. using um, the gear from Wayne Tech to make the invisible suit. Uh, and I think that Lucius Fox, I think he worked for Lucius Fox um, in that in that episode. Yeah, no, you're right. His first appearance, I've, I've seen on the Google machine, his first appearance, if we're looking at our side, production side, it is See No Evil. Cool. And then his next appearance was Feet of Clay, part oh, one. Well, there you go. So here we go. So um, he's not in that many. No, he's not. Um, which, he's in, it looks like about eight episodes total. Less yeah. than Rupert Thorne. Yes, less than Rupert Thorne, who's in like a bunch of episodes back to back to back. Oh, wait, sorry, nine episodes. Nine episodes. Well, almost as many as Thorne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Thorne's in like 11. Yeah. Um, so we, we had a conversation previously, Evan, about like random characters you don't realize how much of the show they're in. Sure, sure. And Thorne at 11 episodes in 10% of the series. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's, that's a lot. crazy high. Yeah. yeah. That's really high, especially when Harley Quinn's only in like nine. Right, especially when the Riddler's, in, makes, the Riddler's in, in three. Two, two or three episodes. Yeah, I think he's in three. I think he's in one oh, really yeah, late. Yeah, he's in he's one in really, really late. Yeah. But like also, if you think about it, it's like... Um, it's like Lucius Fox obviously has become like an important part of the Batman mythos. He's like in, I mean, he's very big, obviously, is you know, in, in the, the in Nolan, Nolan movies. Nolan blew him up. Yeah, Because yeah. it was goddamn Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yeah. right? Um, so it turns out like we see that the, the guy with the low profile is Bruce Wayne, which A is very weird. shady looking Bruce yeah. Wayne. Yeah, way like shadier. Even, even if you, you know, going into this for the first time, I think there is this sense of like, well, Bruce Wayne's being weird. Yeah. What's up with him here? Yeah, something feels He's not off. Acting like Bruce Wayne. No, definitely not. Something feels off immediately. I think, and I was immediately like, "Hmm, yeah, well, something's going like on Bruce here." Bruce Wayne doesn't do this. No, right. why he would... doesn't meet at the Gotham tramway late at night <laughs> to get paperwork from Lucius Fox? So we've we've talked about this a lot on this show, where like. Bruce Wayne is kind of the character that Batman plays. That is Bruce Wayne is kind of a dummy. He's kind of this mm-hmm. airheaded aloof. Well, it kind of yeah. speaks like this. Oh, Hi, yeah, yeah, I just uh, got those files for you. You know, and at the same time, it's like he wouldn't he wouldn't skulk around late at night. Right, right. You just no. wouldn't see him he doing. Just, that. He wouldn't know to do that. That character. So like uh, Lucius is kind of taken off guard here. He's like, why couldn't we just do this at the at the office? Like he owns the building. Like I I, I don't get it. Um, to where he shushed, and um, what's cra- what is funny is based on what we will we will learn later. It's, it is still Conroy doing the voice for this Bruce Wayne, right. so mm-hmm. it's not an impersonation or anything like that. Um, so it's funny though, because okay, so obviously it's we come to find out this is Matt Hagen with his face transformed to look like Wayne, but I guess he's so good an actor he that he can do great, the voice. It's very dark man of him. Yes. He can just... That's exactly it. There's very, a lot of dark man going on. Oh, in this. there is actually. Yeah. A lot, a lot mm-hmm. of dark man in Batman in the animated series in general. In general, for yeah. sure. In general. Mm-hmm. Well, we referenced dark man a ton in Two-Face Part 1 oh, and 2. Yeah. Oh, that's basically course. is dark it, it man. Is. And yeah, dark yeah, man yeah. does predate it, so yeah, right, that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it was like a superhero movie at that time. Yeah. Um, so they go inside the tramway station, uh, and Wayne's lame excuse is like his phone, his phoner's bugged, and they're bugging the phones in the office, so he can't talk to Lucius openly. Which I don't understand. Like, I don't know why his office would. I don't know. It's just bad. It's not a great reason, but it shouldn't be, right? Because this guy's clearly. I don't know. I have in my head that these are all lines from Gangbuster. Yeah, <laughs> Gangbuster. He's just saying them. I can't talk. The phones are bugged. That's actually that's actually a great headcanon. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. He's just recycling dialogue from his, right. from his old yeah, I almost yeah. want an extended scene where Lucius is like, are these lines from Gangbuster? <laughs> <laughs> He's I watching s- the movie in the hospital. He's like, hey, hey wait hey, a minute. I heard that before. I also, I cracked up in this sequence because Lucius, 
kind of rolls out the exposition very quickly. Yeah, that yeah, he's yeah, there yeah. with papers that prove that Daggett is doing something shady. Insider trading or something. And yeah. that's that's the exact line that cracked me up. And Bruce Wayne is like, okay, we'll be able to expose him. And Lucius Fox goes, yes, insider trading. And it's almost like he looks at the camera <laughs> to let the audience know that, yes, we're talking about insider trading. We're not going to explain it any further because this is a kid show. But you've heard that term. Right. And then you know the, that's bad. And then the right. kid's like, a kid would probably be like, what's insider trading? <laughs> right. right. As a kid, it's like, all right, I guess that's something. What if they, they had seen the Flintstones movie with John Goodman, they would know. Oh, of that's course. that's what that movie is about. <laughs> big issue. Big issue. Big issue. <laughs> Maybe they thought they were trading Batman cards or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so Bruce Wayne's like, you know, brings Lucius in. Um, something's up. Uh, and Lucius Fox has his briefcase full of these files. There's a lot of like files will ruin the world in this cartoon. It's pretty great. There is. That's a big part of Two Face. Uh, yeah, as well. yeah. These, these files. Um, and then what's weird is that as like Lucius is giving up the, the case to, to to Bruce Wayne in air quotes, we start to see like these goons kind of pop out right with guns, and they start aiming their guns at, at Lucius Fox. And it's like at this point, it's like what is going on? These you know, Dick Tracy knockoffs are starting to look like this is looking dirty. Big Dick Tracy vibes oh, this yeah. episode. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Germs spe- and Bell. Come uh, on. Germs and Bell, the two henchmen who we first meet here. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where they first And show Bell's up. whole thing is that he wears a police radio scanner yep. on his head at all times, mm-hmm. um, yep. which is a hoot. And Germs <laughs> is terrified of germs. Yeah. Which is. Hilarious. Yep. We've not had a lot of specific goons to this no, point. No, these. I was stunned by that of how specific and fully realized these two goons yeah. are. So in POV, you have Driller and Scarface <laughs> and the boss, sort of. Yeah. Uh, you have Min and Max, yep. who are Two Faces, two twin henchmen. Right. And then basically you have these two. You have Germs and Bell, and that's about you it. You kind of have Frankie oh, and, that's true. and Candace, but the they're Thorns not really thugs, goons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like. Candace isn't a goon. Candace is actually probably better than Thorn is at his job Correct. at this point. Well, actually, we'll see more of Candace. Yeah, yeah, in the future. Um, so they aim that these guys aim their guns at, at Fox, and then all of a sudden we start we start hearing gunshots as Fox kind of runs, um, and then we cut to Batman. So now the illusion is broken. Clearly, this is not Bruce. We know Wayne. that wasn't Bruce Wayne. Yes, right. either that or or someone's wearing the mantle of Batman in, in this evening. Um, he. Uh, Batman hears the gunshots and he like immediately turns around. Uh, let me quickly cut back and we see the goons. They're, they're, they're shooting at Fox. Um, Fox gets hit with like a train platform sign mm-hmm. and, and he gets, gets knocked out. Um, and this is how they tell you. It's kind of cool how they, how they kind of offhandedly tell you that, um, that, um, oh geez, the guy with the radio, uh, Bell, Bell. 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 This they kind of offhandedly tell you that Bell is listening to the police scanner because like you right, hear right. the he police blotter. It. It's like, like oh, we gotta go. By the way, yeah. as soon as that's introduced, you're like you're already thinking one. How is this going to be used later in the episode? Oh yeah, it's very specific. Oh yeah, and two, it's like why aren't all goons wearing this? Yes. I know. You yes. know, that's a, a huge thing to have. They almost advantage. seem to. I, in my head, canon, it's almost like they look at him like he's a scaredy cat. Yeah. Like, right. like what? You got to know everything at all times, right. Bell. You know. You, yeah. Come on, on, man. And you know what's funny though for. For Daggett's goons, they're both they're both like anxiety driven. Yes, Germs is terrified of germs, and and it seems like that is kind of like I need to hear everything that's going. And on And Bell at is all terrified times. of being apprehended by yeah, cops. He's, yep, yeah, he's know. terrified of, of being shut down. So you know the goons are like, we don't have their names yet. The goons are like, hey, we, we got to get out of here before the cops show up or the law gets there. And then we hear Batman with a classic like 
tough guy line. He's got this. This he does a lot of like scumbag, yeah, uh, dirt bag yeah. in this episode. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's very. Just it's very for Batman to call a guy a sack of shit. Yeah, <laughs> you sack it's, of shit. It's very. It's very dirty, Harry. Yes, it's very dirty, Harry, because we hear too late, dirt bag. Well, Clint Eastwood is definitely an influence on Batman. Oh, I would sure. definitely say, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Eastwood is basically the Dark Knight Returns yes, Batman. Yes, exactly. Um, and then we see Batman do, do this thing he hasn't done before where he like hangs upside down mm-hmm. and like descends. And it looks really cool. It's kind of terrifying. And once again, we get this we get this thing where um, the goons refer to him as the Batman with the, the the definite article, which Jordan and I have said. We love it. We love it because it adds to the fact that there's like a it's a mythology. It's like right. oh he's not oh, he's not Batman the proper noun. He's the Batman, you know, which I, I still think is is kind of cool. It's like it's like he's a cryptid almost, right? right. Um, and he descends from the ceiling, and then we get this really cool look where. He like hops down and he, he hops down and he, he kicks some guys around. He beats the crap out of all these guys. And, um, and then he gets into a fight with the guy we would know later know as, uh, as, as germs. And in a, in a pretty suspenseful moment, germs goes to crush his head in some giant gears, which is kind of wild, especially since the, you know, the tram station is shut down, but it happens. <laughs> yeah, germs kind of gets the better of him, And yeah. you're surprised by that. Um, this happens a lot on the show where there's like is a random henchman that will get on you know get get on the better get the upper hand on Batman. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 cool to see because I mean Batman should make short work of these guys, but um, you know these these are these are pretty high level goons, you know, yeah. uh, for for Batman. All right, well, Germs is one accident away from becoming another big Batman villain. Of course, absolutely. Same thing with Bell. Of course, of course, these guys are these guys are you know villains waiting. Um, so, Batman pushes him off. He kind of beats the beats everyone to a pulp, and then the cops show up. There's this great shot when the cops show up of one of the other henchmen, not Germs or Bell, hanging from the rafters. Yeah, and he's just kicking his feet endlessly and just looking down at them. It's just a shot that cracked me up because I clearly just had that one animation yep. right. and yep. just repeated it. Yep. So we will say that this episode was animated by Acom, who. Was I think eventually fired? Not the best. Not the best, and eventually fired. I think from Batman the Animated Series because I don't think nice. that. Good thing they gave him part one. Of yeah, there's yeah. some janky stuff in this episode. Yeah, yeah. The more I watch this show, and the more I pay attention to who the animation studios are, you really do see that it does make a real big difference. Yeah, um, but we've kind of determined here. Spectrum and Tokyo Movie Shinsha. Those are the good ones. They're the best. And then Acom is bad. Acom is bad. There's another one that's also like really bad. Yeah, uh, I forget what which one they were. There's 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 a whole bunch of names floating around in my head. I can't remember. Um, so the cops, um, the cops show up. Uh, the fake Bruce Wayne has disappeared and Lucius Fox like before he passes out says to the cops Wayne Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne yeah which how would they know any what's going on poor Lucius he really has a rough go yeah in these episodes here yeah, I mean, yeah I feel I feel for that character all the time because even if even if it's not like the animated series, if it's in the movie, it's like he's dealing with lunatic Christian Bale Batman who wants to know everyone's information and social security number. He's like, all right. <laughs> it, like, I guess I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. Spelunking? Um, so um, we get a quick cut after uh, Lucius Fox is Does taken it come away. in black? <laughs> we get to a, a quick cut and we see a, a movie theater. Um, we see this the, is a great transition. Great right? transition. I love this transition. Really good. Really. The transitions on this show are usually very good, but this, this one is excellent. Uh, because it gives you, it 
gives you uh, a little uh, a little taste of what what you're going to expect. It's a little tease of what's to come. It's a nice piece yeah. of foreshadowing. I mean, he walks right past a poster of Matt Hagen in the yep. movie Gangbuster. And yeah. There's your villain right there. Yeah. Not the first time we've seen Matt Hagen's face. No. But where the gray ghost. Yep. Yep. Oh, is he in posters in that as well? He is. I don't know if he's on a poster. I think he's on the magazine cover. Where it's like the the features on Simon Trent the Grey Ghost, and then like kind of in the background is like Matt Hagen, the man of a million faces. Yeah, wow, they really they, they knew what the hell they, they were doing. They, they yeah. really did. They were building. It was world building, right? They're building. They're building something. Um, so yeah, the, this guy walks past the the um, the movie poster, and then we get another cut to the Imperial Pictures back lot, uh, which apparently is also in Gotham City because Gotham City has everything it needs for whatever plot ever. Right. Just a quick, quick cutaway for a second. What do we think the movie Gangbuster is about? Oh, I think it's um, his version of like uh, James Cagney's Scarface okay, or so something like that. It's a Scarface. Yeah, that's, 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 that was the impression. Wouldn't he be like, I don't know, you're not thinking like Vigilante G-Man or something like that? It could be that. I feel like from all the characters that we see him play, he's okay. definitely one of those guys... Who's played like villains? He's mostly villains. Heroes, yes. So okay. Gangbuster struck me as like a Scarface type thing. Okay, all right, I get all it. Right. I get it. I get it. Um, so now we're in Imperial Pictures. Um, so we see this a little some establishing shots of the studio, and then we cut to like you know film crew. Film crew's working. We see an actor or someone standing there, um, and they they said they're ready to shoot, and and this guy goes, all right, I'll go get Matt. Right, so we just saw Matt Hagen's name on the poster. Now he's saying Matt. You know, uh, I guess that's the same guy. Um, and then we cut to the exterior of Matt Hagen's trailer, and then immediately we go inside and we see hands picking up jars and like we see makeup equipment all over the place. And whoever's in this room is like frantically looking for something. Uh, there are there's makeups all makeup stuff and whatever canisters, jars, you name it, all over the place. Um, and it's like someone frantically looking for heroin. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's very, it's yeah. very like a clear one to one. This is a metaphor for a drug addiction. Exactly, right? and yeah. we would we go to find out later on that the substance is. does have uh, have an addictive property to it. Um, now, Matt Frank, Frank uh, Matt Hagen, he's you know frantically looking for stuff. Where are you? Um, and then we hear from outside, "Are you okay in there?" And then we see newspaper clippings on the on the mirror, which I found weird. Because they say, man of a million faces, disfigured in accident, Matt Hagen, critically injured. So, that is a bit much. Like, it's also he wouldn't bit, hang those up himself. That's what I and mean. it's also a bit much considering what we learn later, that he's made that he's in this car accident and he's made all these movies since the accident. Yeah. Because right. you get the impression here that, like, okay, this accident just happened. Yes. Right. Like, it happened a month ago. Yeah. So. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's been ago. years, apparently. Yes. It's been years. And enough time for the, for the Renew You uh, face cream to permanently screw up his DNA, I guess. Right. Right. Um, but it is, you know, it is. We said it earlier. The episode is so jam packed. It's almost like you have to get some expo- You have to be lazy with some exposition. Don't blame them. It is lazy. That yeah. should have been like a Batcave cutaway later. Sure. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess but he- you know, I, the thing is, I guess they don't even have time for more dialogue for another scene. I mean, the, this is already a two-parter that like they're using every scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got to use every bit of every scene to give you as much exposition as possible because these episodes are just so quick. It's a twenty-one-minute episode. It's wild. It's really quick. There's only about yeah. There's there's Very twenty dense. there's twenty one minutes for its time. It's twenty one minutes with the intro and the closing. So this is probably like nineteen really minutes. Nineteen minutes, 19 of, minutes like of TV. Story. Yeah, it's yeah. Very dense. It's very very dense. So um, we see we finally see uh, Teddy come in. Teddy, who was his stand-in. Poor uh, Teddy. Poor poor oh, put upon man, Teddy. This guy, I feel for Teddy. I hope Matt Hagen's paying him a lot of money. Geez. Um. So we see Teddy come in, 
and uh, he we we finally see Matt Hagen turn around, and his face is completely disfigured. He kind of looks tough. it's like yeah. Phantom of the Opera kind of thing. It's very Phantom of the Opera. It's very Phantom of the Opera. You know, don't let the light in. You know, like we, when Teddy opens the door, we see like the light behind him, like. Matt Hagen's some kind of vampire. Right? Yeah, he's hunched over as he's looking for everything. Yeah. You know, his back is arched. Yeah, and like the light comes in very much like don't. So vampire is definitely what they're going for, and also telling on that is that the effects of renew you only last for twenty four hours. Right, right. So yes. you basically have to go out and feed again. Yeah, as which, if you're sucking blood every pretty night. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty genius. Um, so. Matt Hagen asked Teddy, he's like, hey, do we got any more of it? And Teddy says they used the last jar yesterday. Um, to which Hagen's in shock. They they kind of argue back and forth. Um, and we see the disfigured face. And Teddy does pull yet another jar out from one of his pockets. Um, we see the name Daggett across the, the top. So we can connect this to whoever they were working for at the beginning of the episode. So that's nice to, to tie those two together. Um, when Hagen takes the jar, he realizes there's really not much left. And he pretty much, like, as Jordan said, this only lasts 24 hours. So, I mean, he's on a movie set. Yeah. So, like, he needs this every single day. Um, he... And this is the first, like, really gross moment of yeah, the show. When yeah. he puts the goop on his face. I don't know, something about the way they do the sound of it, too, yeah, sounds like, really, really gross. Very sloshy. For sure. um, and just the way he moves it around. And you can tell that he's, you know, moving his features... And then he, at the end of it, he looks great. He looks like Matt Hagen. But already you're like, oh, God. Like, I don't think I'd ever do that. No. It also really puts a thought in your head of, like, what is he doing with his hands? Right. Like, is he actually sculpting is he his shaping his face in this yeah. moment? Like, that is gross. It's yeah. un- unsettling. Yeah. It really is. It's it's kind of disgusting. Um, and uh, and also awesome. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Awesome. So yes. Good. It's so good. Um and it just looks and sounds horrific, but it's like, like it's a, so a very good. you know, uh, Botine or Rick Baker moment. Yes, you know? like <laughs> I, very you, much that. You, you sit there wondering what this would look like in live action. Sure, and like yeah. no I wonder they've John never really Carpenter's Clayface. No wonder they've know? really tried to do Clayface in live yeah, action. Yeah, it'd, it'd be very difficult, I yeah. think. And CGI would probably make it look terrible. Um, but it's but at this. this is, I say this with caution. This could be a good Matt Reeves villain. Yeah, Clayface. It, yeah, you know, it's just his. I know ultra realism, but that's he's it. he's Clayface is good for the screen. Oh, he's great for the screen. He's yeah. a good visual villain. It's ultra. Matt Reeves could actually go back to original. what the original Clayface. Um, he could and really strip him down. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know what's also if yeah maybe if the mask yeah can change or something like that. Um, I will say this much about the Matt Reeves thing. It's weird because Nolan went ultra realistic, kind of or tried to. And Reeves seems to be going hyper realistic, but their hyper realism is so different. different. Forms of realism. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reeves is doing like a Fincher. Yeah. Yeah. Realism. Yeah. 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 And but it's it's weird how two guys going for something that should be similar end up with two very different films. Right. Um, Nolan's is very safe. Yes. Yes. But Nolan's is also I don't know. It, I can't. Nolan picture, would never do Clayface. No. No. But I can't picture a lot of like standard Batman villains in Matt Reeves' universe. Like, they just don't... No. They don't just don't seem to fit. No, he's not like going to do... Freeze doesn't Mr. fit. Freeze wouldn't fit. Scarecrow doesn't seem to fit. The ones that really rely on extraordinary science, it's yeah. hard. Especially after seeing a Riddler that was so methodical and realist and practical. Yeah. Right. Zodiac Killer. Um, right. You know, it's... it's it's uh, it's 
I want to see what he does next. I'm actually very excited to see what villain they go Again, with. Again, I love the Batman. Me too. It's just uh, we all have the same feeling where it's just like, wow, you love some of these outlandish villains, but the more real they make the Batman movies, the less likely it is they're going to pick one of those. Yeah. Right. And then to like take one of those villains and sort of strip them down would be like, well, I don't want to see that either. Sure. And yeah. it works with guys like Riddler and Joker. It, it probably does. would not work with someone like an Ivy or a, or a, uh, a Mr. Freeze or something like that. Maybe right. Two-Face? Maybe. Maybe, Maybe Long I'm Halloween sh- it? I am 100% sure that he will do Two-Face yeah. at some point. Yeah. Everyone tries to do Two-Face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a good character. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? So, um, back to the show. Uh, so <laughs> Hey, this is all the show. No, this is great. Back to the episode, I should say. So now we're at Daggett Industries, and Daggett is, he's like talking to his goons. Um, I love the detail here. This is when you first really learn what Bell is doing. Because yep. he keeps asking, Daggett's walking down the hallway with Bell and Germs behind him, and he keeps asking Bell uh, a question that Bell is not... No, he's not responding. Because he has the stupid headphones on, and he's listening to the scanner. It's a great little character detail right away. No, it's, it's great. Uh, these goons are so good. They're, They're so, so good. good. Um, you know, and Ed Asner, like, he's immediately recognizable. Um, as Daggett, I, I honestly think Ed Asner, just one of the most recognizable cartoon voices of the 1990s. Um, they briefly like kind of hint on the guy that got caught, but the guys are kind of like, eh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about this guy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just a hired gun. Um, and then we see that they're in the plant that's making the jars of the cream. Now they don't call it renew you yet. Right. They don't. We, we no. see that in the second episode. Right. So we see that they're, they're, this is the plant that's making the jars of the face cream, which, I mean, if this was real and didn't have the horrible side effects, he would be, he would be the richest the man richest on the man planet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone, would, would, anyone who wants to look young, uh, younger than they are would, would probably do something like that. Um, he's actually, though, concerned that Fox is going to let the police know uh, what's going on and what's going on with the papers and how Daggett could be in trouble and X, Y, or Z. Um, and... He, we see, we, we ultimately go to like this giant, like giant flask on top of a burner that looks like it's filled with uh, what we would later know as known as renew you. Um, and for now, it's just gross goop. It's just gross, disgusting goop. Yeah. And um, Daggett, you know, he tells his guys, he's like, listen, Matt Hagen's done, right? He's he's outlived his usefulness, and um, we kind of got to get rid of him. And, you know, they're kind of like, oh, we're going to, you know, we'll take care of it, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, don't worry about it. He's going to come to us. Right. Because he knows he's going to run out of Renew You cream and he knows because he's going to have to come to the source. he's an addict. He's going to come yep. to the source. This universe loves chemical vats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't comic books just love they, chemical oh, yeah. vats? I mean, like, they're such an easy... Joker, Scarecrow, like it's just chemical vats in every episode. Even Ra's al Ghul, Lazarus Pits. Lazarus yep. the ultimate chemical vat. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. prehistoric chemical bath, uh, chemical bat, uh, vat. Um... So yeah, you know, there's a little Norman Osborn in Daggett. He looks like Norman Osborn. He yeah. really does. Yeah, he's basically Norm- got the Brillo hair. Yeah, he's got the hair, right? He's got the hair, and he's he's you know, it's there's a little bit of that. Um, now we see outside of Daggett, we cut, we cut, and now Matt Hagen's finally making his big break in, right? He's gonna get the renew you for himself. He's never gonna run out. He's gonna have a permanent supply, which I don't think there's a possible way for that to do it if he's gotta rub that much on his face every single day. Um, the Shadow, this who is Hagen, breaks he breaks into R and D. Um, and then he goes to the big vat and he like scoops out the face cream. And again, they, make, they just make it so gross. It, oh, the sound yeah. of it, it yes. just um, it's very gloppy. It's like putting your hands in like Jello or something. And yeah, something else. It's, it's really gross. It's gross, unpleasant. It's not not nice. But awesome to be clear. Well, it's yeah. awesome. Well, because the sound work is just as important as anything else. Yeah, like totally. hearing him work with that cream is like, oh god, I don't want that anywhere near me. Um, Hagen applies the cream to his face. 
And uh, we see Bell and Germs. They pull their gun on H- on Hagen, and he turns around and reveals that he's Bruce Wayne again. And like these guys aren't buying it. Um, I love that they don't buy it. Yeah. Like you know, because you almost think he's going to get away when he's like, "Oh, I'm Bruce Wayne," and they're like, "No, you're you're not. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. We we did this charade with you yesterday. Right, yeah. You're not Bruce Wayne. Right. Not a quick thinker. <laughs> I love about what I love about this is that like they're letting you know that these goons are good. Are smart. Yes. These are it's these good, are. It's a good character moment. They're 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 actually more than goons. Like these guys are are goons below henchmen. No. No, I would say not. Henchmen, goons. Thugs. No, no, no. It's go- It's thugs, goons, henchmen. Uh, actually, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. These are all very They're all terms. similar words. But yeah, I mean, I think goons definitely applies to germs and bell. Yeah. They feel yeah. like goons. Yeah. Like that word seems to fit them. Smart goons, but goons. Smart goons. Maybe goons could be below henchmen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We have to figure What's that out. What's the umbrella term here? Is uh, henchmen the umbrella? I think henchmen is the umbrella I think, term. Yeah, I okay. think henchmen is the umbrella term. Because I think then thugs would be below goons. Oh, yeah. yes. For sure. Thugs are people you hire for yeah. like a few bucks on the street. And the, the less used toady really applies. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I like that, that one song by that band, The Toadies. All right, there you go. Yeah, which might be about serial killers or might be about vampires. Okay. Uh, Possum hey, Kingdom. There you go. All right. Um, so um, we, we now get a commercial break, which is lovely. Um, we come back and uh, they easily... Oh, Immediately just dismissed that this is just Matt Hagen. Um, and they, they they take him and they grab him and uh, they kind of, you know... They, this, they, is, this is the scene that nightmares are made of. This is true. I was traumatized by yes, this scene. Yes, because what they do is they, they decide... I think it's Bell who says it, you know, let's give him what he really wants. Yeah. And he takes the big canister of goo and it is this... Great shot. It's just shadows. Thank God it's just shadows. I, well, it I wouldn't believe they got away with it. Uh, it's crazy. Standards and practices like really comes down to them for so many things, but they were like, yeah, let this go. Yeah. This let is them fine. just drown this man in clay. And that's exactly what they do. And it's just this horrifying shot of the clay streaming right down into his head, and you see his head moving back and forth. It looks yeah. so painful. Yeah. Um, and Perlman's doing great work here. Oh, it, yeah. It also reminded me of, in the film Dick Tracy, the way they kill Lips Manless. Yes. Is they pour cement on him, and you really see it happening. Mm-hmm. And that was another movie that fucked me up for the same reason. It's just, it is torture. Yeah. You're torturing yeah. It's him. Tor- yeah. It, it looks like waterboarding to a certain yeah. extent. This is like, um, it's like classic gangster torture, right? Yeah. Because they're not doing anything super, like, super, um, I don't know, It's kind of it's kind of rough. Right, mm-hmm. what they're doing is well, rough. They're smashing super, him around. It's super rough. It's yeah. it's really it is dark, man. It's disfiguring yeah. torture, right. and yeah. it's very sadistic on their yeah. part. Like yes. they get this sick. Joy like they could out have killed it. this guy anyway, but like, they chose this way. Actually, this is also very like Toxic Avenger. Oh, oh yeah. very. This toxic is the way Avenger, he yeah. becomes Toxic Avenger. Is also like them dumping him to a chemical vat instead of just shooting the fucking guy. Yeah, this it's it's not sophisticated. What they're doing is no. not at all sophisticated. They're just dumping this guy, and then uh, and then they take him out to his car. And they, or is it his car? I guess so. It is his car. And this is the shot that like stayed with me. Um, Yeah. And like he's leaning over the wheel and you don't see him fully. And you see that his head is starting to be misshapen as well. Yeah, it's really good. And then it cuts down to his hand and his hand just fully turns into the goop yeah. and starts dripping onto the car. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's great. It's right. great. This is that VHS jacket, The Stuff. Yeah. Yes. I thought of The Stuff <laughs> so much. While I have a note about The Stuff right. the in stuff, my notes. The Stuff, which I'm, I'm pretty sure is cum. Uh, no, it's yogurt. It's yogurt. Well, <laughs> is it? Is it? Evan? It comes from the earth. Is okay. Sure. All yeah. right. It comes from somewhere. Yeah. Stuff. Stuff is a great film. Oh yeah. Great film. I have not seen the stuff. It's about killer yogurt. L- Listener, oh, if you're in a place where you can do this now, if you want to look good on the Google machine, 
Google the VHS jacket for the movie called The Stuff, and you tell me what that looks like. Oh, right. oh yeah, it certainly looks like cum, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no denying that. <laughs> so we're clear. If your first thought is yogurt, good on you. <laughs> oh, that looks like yogurt. Um, or as so, the British would say, yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah, I don't, Stupid g- I, don't g- I don't agree. But sometimes they put the H in there, too. Y-O-G-H-U-R-T. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I don't know. No, they don't also like say herb. What do yeah. they know? Yeah, I know. Exactly. All right. So we go to Batman. Batman's doing his Batman stuff. Um, we see some... <laughs> the, he has Batman has one of my favorite lines ever here where he's trying to figure out who Bell is. And he's yeah. putting a composite of Bell's <gasps> yep. face oh, on his computer. Very good. Go and he it. says... Uh, my fist has landed on that jaw once before. Right. It's just such a Batman line. Yes, and he is. says it so casually. And yeah. also, that means Batman's fist is like an incredible detective. <laughs> yes. I know every jaw I ever hit. Like he senses the... Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I hit that jaw. Oh, I remember this jaw. It's very good. Very, very good. And I, I, I yeah, love so that. So I guess the software on the back computer, the facial recognition software, is like basically when you're like having someone sketch what someone looks like. Yeah. Except he's using the computer to do that. No, change the nose, change the and jaw. And his yeah, fist, yeah. you know, right. his fist. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my fist my is... knuckle curved around the bone there. Also, it's kind of like a video game character creator. It almost bit. looks uh, like it really does. Knows, he's choosing this. That actually, I mean, that wouldn't happen in video games like that for a while. But Put some big boobs on him there. Yeah, yeah, there. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, that's nice. The one oh shit, Alfred! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Alfred comes in with the terrible news that the police had been there, and Batman's like, "Why?" And he's like, "Well, they they want Bruce Wayne." The newspaper says that the police are looking for Bruce Wayne for questioning on the attack on Lucius Fox. To which Batman goes, "Impossible." And, Batman uh, is quite agog and aghast during these two episodes. Whatever yeah. he's held accountable for anything. He's yeah, like, he's what? like, what? I, that's not possible. I'm Bruce Wayne and Batman. <laughs> yeah. You can't do anything to me. Yeah. Um, and now we cut uh, We cut to Fat Pauly's Pool Hall. Love that name. Thank God. So Fat good. Pauly's Pool Hall. I love it. It's so good. And it's this is where Belle's been hanging out. Bell, this is where Belle hangs out. Of course it's where Belle's been hanging out. Where yes. else would Belle Fat hang Fat Pauly's Pool Hall. Yeah, Absolutely. like, I'm going to Fat Pauly's. <laughs> Um, so he exits, uh, he exits and he tries to get in his car, but his, his, uh, radio scanner is going off and pretty much there's an APB and he hears that it's someone looking for him, Bell. And, uh, he's, he's rightfully, you know, hit him right in the anxiety is like, uh, I, I gotta go. So he gets well, I, it. I love, so it's this and the next episode. Yeah. Batman does to these two goons exactly what they're Exactly what they're is, terrified right? of. Yep. Yes. Like Bell's terrified of being caught, so he always has the police band on. <laughs> yep. So Batman uses that. Later, of course, he'll corner germs in the uh, disease specimen locker so good. at the hospital. It's so good. It's a great scene. It's so good. So, um, so Batman, Batman's on the radio. It's Batman doing a fake radio broadcast. I guess he hacked into his frequency but uh, Bell doesn't know this, so he tries to get out of Gotham. He gets to the Gotham Midtown Tunnel, and like all of us who have ever driven anywhere near the Queen's Midtown Tunnel, I love that. it's a nightmare. It is the same situation as the Queen's Midtown Tunnel. It's just all construction, one lane <laughs> yep. of traffic. Yep. The best is like watching that episode, watching the episode again as an adult who's driven into Manhattan many times. I, I was actually just driving to Manhattan last weekend. As he's driving up, I see the sign for Gotham Midtown Tunnel. I'm like, yeah. he's, there's no way he's, he's getting out. He's not getting out. He is done. He is done. There's no way he's getting out. There's, there's Forget it. That lineup is going to be huge. And then it's a giant lineup. You could be on, you could have no traffic on the LIE for most of the drive. And then as soon as you get over that hump and you're like, Midtown Tunnel, oh. You're done. You're, you're done. done. You're done. Even without the even without the tolls. Even with just easy pass. Nope. Should have went on the Roosevelt. Yeah. Take <laughs> <laughs> So, um... <laughs> So he gets stuck, but um, we we all of a sudden we see the Batwing 
is following him. So he's like, oh, I got to get out of here. So he gets out of line and breaks through the const- under construction side. And then we see the Batwing fly after him. But I said this in the notes. Uh, the Batwing sounds like that crate Dragon scream that Obi-Wan Kenobi does in the does. first Star Wars movie. It does. Like, I also must mention, this is a nuclear response. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I got to go catch this thug. Let me get the Batwing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. First of all, <laughs> he's a man leaving a pool. Well, ball. Batman is pissed about the sullying of Bruce Wayne's good name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's angry, Batman. And this is some of the best, uh, the best interrogation torture work that Batman has done yet. My God, the way he fucks with this guy. <laughs> my think, God, it is just so much though. Because like, at some point, do you think Alfred is like? But sir, the cost of jet fuel. <laughs> shouldn't you just, you know, walk to him? No, no, no. He must be important. I'm gonna get this guy. So, Please, I really want to use it. <laughs> I got that claw put on the Batwing for this reason. Yeah, so what is the claw on the Batwing? Is so, it the ears? Well, it looks like the bat. I don't know. It looks like it comes out of the mouth. I so it's know. the tongue? Or the fangs? Maybe the fangs. It's a, it's a very effective, It's good. very well-working claw. Oh, yeah. It tears apart that car. Listen, I had a toy version of the Batman 89 Batwing, and that had a clipper on it, too. So you could, yes, you could put I, Bob yes, the Goon. You could put Bob the Goon in there if you wanted to. Bob the Goon is dead. Yeah, he was killed. Yeah, I know, I know. That's a yeah, shame. Sad. <sighs> R.I.P. You're my number one guy. So, as a yeah, Bell Bell's trying to get out, and then Batman just goes the other side of the the, the other side of the tunnel, and then flies the Batwing through a tunnel. He as Bell stops. Oh, you know, that, sorry to interrupt you. That kind of proves it. He's not Bob the Henchman. No. He's, he's Bob, Bob the Goon. goon. Like You're a, right. He's Bob place, the Goon. A place of honor. Yes, yes. that's a. It's yes. a, a, a. Yes, it's, it's true. an important spot. Sorry, sorry. Back and this is Bell the Goon. Bell the Goon. So Bell like does the dumbest thing you could possibly do. He stops his Bell car. Bell the Wet Sorry. What? What'd you say? <laughs> Bell the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> <laughs> Bell stops the car broadside to the Batwing, and then he pulls out a handgun and shoots at and it and shoots at the Batwing. And mm-hmm. Batman's just like. Like, yeah, you see Batman's expression like that. Uh, uh, real bringing a knife to a gunfight yeah, energy it's here. Like, it's like, That's like, not a knife. Dude, it's like bringing a knife to a, a nuclear explosion. Yes. And so, then Batman, in retaliation, impales his car yep. on the Batwing. Reasonable. Reasonable. And goes sailing off into the sky with yep. it. Yep. Yep. Sailing off into the sky and then uses that that grabber to rip the rip the door off of the car. And this is a very efficient claw. I mean, it has no oh, yeah. struggles. It's just like it rips the this, door off, it rips the tires if off. you thought the traffic on the uh, Gotham Midtown Tunnel was bad before, yeah. wait for the rubbernecking on this. Actually, how hilarious that he flies out through the, the other side, the wrong side of the of the tunnel, and everyone's just, their day's run, done. It's like, well, we can't use the tunnel now. Yep, that's that. <laughs> that's it. Batman messing with us again. I'll pay for it later. So... So they're ten ten wins. Yeah, we got Batman on the Gotham Town <laughs> Tunnel. Aww. I always love that alternate routes. I always love the 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 memes that are like you know when superheroes just ruin your stuff. It's like me seeing Superman hit someone with the car I just paid off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's accurate. Yeah. Um. So so Batman has this guy. Uh. He ends up gripping him by the hand with the, with the back claw, and. Oh my God! He's flying him all over the city. He's flying up into the he's, sky. He's diving down. He's dragging him through like the top of water. Um, his feet are kicking. As but he's, he's inter- trying to interrogate. <laughs> yeah, and he's yelling at him too. He's, he's like, pissed. "Who was the guy? What happened?" It's a, and then and then rightfully so. The guy fucking faints. Passes and, out. And Batman is quite surprised and annoyed <laughs> yeah, that he frustrated. fainted. He's like, he's still yelling at him, not realizing that he's fainted. <laughs> yeah. And then he kind of sighs. And he's like, oh, 
He fainted. <laughs> How dare you, Bell? <laughs> How dare you? The G-forces alone would have put him out. All right? And this guy's like, whatever. He's yeah, trying to run. use a plane to interrogate <laughs> someone. That's a bit much. He's trying to literally run on the water. <laughs> so then naturally, the cops show up, not in blimps this time, in helicopters. They kind of gave up the blimps. I think it's yeah, a after, good idea. You realize after nothing to fear, they're kind of like, all right, the blimps are No more blimps. Yeah, no more blimps. So, so the cops kind of, they tell Batman to land the Batwing and, and leave the prisoner. And Batman just goes, sure. And then drops this guy like 200 feet into a swimming pool. He's fine, I guess. And says, as he's dropping him, this will wake you up. Yeah, Bell. yeah. With, with real like, bitterness. You, you yeah. killed this man. <laughs> there's, there's no way anyone actually survives that. It's not like he's falling into the river. He's falling into a pool. A pool. An eight-foot pool at most. So he should be dead. But Bell's fine. We see him get up and look around confused. Yeah, and, and the cops get him. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a, 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 a quick cut to the Gotham Hospital where we see someone sneaking in through one of the high windows. I have to say, this is a really dumb move oh, yeah. on Bruce Wayne's part. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. one of the dumbest things Batman has ever done. Yes. I was like, okay, come on. But my only defense for this, and it is lazy, it's just lazy, but my only defense is that Bruce Wayne is dumb. Yes. Sure. That's the part, but they're not trying to do that, so this is just Right, lazy. and I guess also Bruce doesn't know that Matt Hagen can mimic someone's face exactly, right. so and he must voice, think, yeah. I can get through to Lucius. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Right. So he breaks into the hospital, he approaches, he approaches um, Lucius Fox, Lucius Fox wakes up. You know, Bruce Wayne's like, hey, listen, I'd never do anything to hurt you. And then he hits the buzzer. The cops come in and Bruce Wayne is clearly about to be arrested. Um, and now uh, in one of the final moments of the scene, um, we we cut to an alley and we see Teddy. He's found Hagen's car and there's a mound of like brown goop in the car. Um, who Obviously, we all know that this is what Clayface ultimately looks like. Uh, they cut to Bruce Wayne being arrested. Uh, we see Summer Gleason once again. She's in like every episode, uh, reporting on his arrest. Um, and you we know, see I that. I almost would have liked a little moment between Summer and Bruce. Yeah, they yeah. Friends. They We've do know each before. other. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, how much more can you pack into this episode? Yeah. It's you know? it's so, so jam. Leave it alone. Yeah. You know, it's already it's already packed. That's actually kind of why I forgive Bruce. Uh, forgive Bruce climbing into the window of Lucius Fox. And, and that's kind of why I forgive the uh, the newspapers on Matt's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. dressing table. You right. know, like you gotta give these guys a break. Yeah, they're trying to do something. Yeah. Um, so now we see Teddy. Uh, he walks up to uh, a groaning Matt Hagen, um, and he touches him, revealing that he's essentially made of like what we would assume to be is the face cream. Uh, and we we pan to Hagen in his new clay face form. He's looking awful, uh, and he sees himself in the rearview mirror of the car, and he looks at himself, and he kind of cries out in disgust, very much like you know I've become a monster type deal. Um, it's and, a really cool moment. Oh and yeah, it's a really cool shot because it's him. You're seeing him looking in the rearview mirror of the car. Yeah, yeah. So it's you're seeing him for the first time the same time he's seeing himself for yeah, the first yes. time. And also, it's a really effective shot. Really good. If you don't know what Clayface looks like. Which most of us right, didn't. The first time you see it, you're like, oh my God, like, what, what is, is that? This what is that? Yeah, no, it's 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 terrifying. He's got these yellow eyes, this this huge mouth filled with like very jagged teeth. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, no, it's, it's a real monster. It's really good. He's become a monster. The man of a million faces has become a monster himself. Uh, and then we cut to to be continued. So that is the scene by scene here uh, for um, Feet of Clay Part One. Um, you know, closing thoughts here. I love the metaphor, right? The metaphor that like you know we do get kind of the old and new with Hollywood. Um, we get like this whole fear of being obsolete. 
the lengths that people will go to to stay young. The drug vanity, addiction metaphor is solid. Dr- drug addiction metaphor is definitely very solid. Get me whatever I need to get me on that stage. Yeah. Uh, you know, something you hear a lot with a lot of different performers, you know, from across the board. It's not just actors, right? Musicians all the time. It's like whatever they got to do to get on the stage. And um, it, I think they do a really good job with all of these kind of kind of metaphors. And also like the guy needs more and more yeah. and more and more all the time and it's 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 really uh yeah it's great yeah funny enough this comes out the same year as death becomes her yeah which yeah. is a a movie that has basically the same theme right that that film is about Bruce Willis plays a I believe a mortician slash yeah. plastic surgeon who is uh you know married to Glenn Close who's a famous actress he's and married then- to Meryl, Meryl Streep Oh, Meryl Streep, boy. Yeah, that, I got those two confused. It's Meryl Streep, famous actress, and then uh, Goldie Hawn, yeah. right? Love interest as well. And they've become immortal, but their bodies keep deteriorating. Right, right? they're basically yeah. corpses that are living. They're like talking zombies, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's some body horror stuff going on there. Uh, yeah, you're right, Mike. It's like um, there is this theme of like, uh, yeah, trying to stay physically relevant yeah like you can't ever age out of your prime nothing can ever happen to you exactly you have to be this perfect specimen at all times it's also kind of kind of a criticism on Hollywood too it's like you see these performers uh, of all sorts so many so frequently they get so much plastic surgery Mm -hmm. that you know, they look normal for a while and then all of a sudden they they start to look monstrous like there's like there's an addiction to Yes, this episode is about drug addiction. It's about vanity. It's about obsolescence. It's about all this stuff. But right. there, but there is an addiction to plastic surgery that we've seen many celebrities and, and go to, through, and to having to look like a very specific certain type of way. Like yes, when Matt Hagen's face is uh, quote unquote normal, you know, he looks very much like a standard movie star, like yeah. what you think of when you think yep. of the archetypal male movie star. Yeah, that's what Hagen looks like. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like he has to fit into this conformity of our idea of what a movie star is supposed to look like. You know, that James Dean look. They all kind of have that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mold. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is typically, typically, not always, it is typically a female issue. Yep. Right. right. You know, how many actors do we have who, uh, I of course think of like a, a Meg Ryan or someone like that who famously they get plastic surgery, goes wrong, and then suddenly their career is disappearing. Right. But it's not because they got bad plastic surgery. It's because they, well, it is, but it's like they, they did it to try to stay young forever. Right. Yeah. Which you just can't do. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nicole Kidman has famously come out and said, like, I had some issues with my face where I accidentally paralyzed parts of my face and right. I couldn't, couldn't right. act. Right. Yeah. And it's like, why are these women doing this to themselves? Well, it's because society, Hollywood, whatever, has created an unrealistic standard where you have to stay young and beautiful forever or else. Right. And the circumstances are dire. And though, you know, Matt is not particularly sympathetic in this episode, you do sort of feel for his situation because Teddy keeps saying things to him like, you know, you can't keep doing this, you can't keep doing this, and Matt keeps taking the wrong lesson. Matt's like, you're right, I can't. I need to get all the cream in the world, you know? He doesn't even see getting out as an option. No. Because this is what he has to do. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Or He's stuck in this system. Or do horror movies. And, and he has that line. He's yeah. like, yeah, well, unless I want to keep doing horror movies. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But um, Well, the alternative is he has to he would have to imagine his career in a way that he's never imagined it before. And or his life. He's yeah. too much of a, I, I, I mean, it's mean to say, he's too much of a coward to really yeah. mm-hmm. imagine that. But also, that's not totally his fault. Because I'm sure everything... He's been told in that industry is you have to be thin and beautiful and young forever. Right. Yeah. Or this else. is kind of all he knows. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's definitely, and I think that there is a lot of, you know, there's a, it's pressure. 
Yeah. It's pressure. It's pressure. I mean, that that's a hard lifestyle. I mean, you know, actors and musicians and all that. How many times the paparazzi outside their house every day, you go outside in sweatpants and you're all of a sudden, uh, you've got a problem. There's something wrong with them, you know? Sure. So it's, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. So I totally get it. Right. And then in, in addition to the plastic surgery metaphor, of course, is also the, uh, it's the addiction metaphor, of course. right? Right. It's just yeah. you, you need more and more, you need it more frequently. Now you need it every day. Yep. It doesn't get you the same place it used to get you and you're in pain. Yep. Even when you when you yep. don't have it, you know. Yeah. No, you know what? True. You know what? I do think I would have loved to have seen in this episode is a clip from one of Matt's movies. Yes, I, I, I would have loved that. I would have loved that. I do that think that's cool. a bit of a missed opportunity. They could have done it like they did the Gray Ghost. Yeah, episode. that's what that I was thinking been cool. of. Yeah, that, that would have been, been cool really to cool. see. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we kind of get a sense that maybe I mean, obviously Simon Trent is meant to be a much older man. But they seem to have been contemporaries for a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. maybe Hagen was coming in just as Trent was going out. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, uh, Hagen would have played Indiana Jones and yeah. uh, <laughs> Simon Trent would have played Indiana Jones's father. Right. In exactly. The Lost yes. I, yes. I'd go watch that movie right yeah. now. I would be all over that. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk ranking here. Um, you know, for me. Uh, it's very high. It's very it's high. Very high. Very high. I, I don't think. I think I like Feet of Clay Part 2 maybe a little better. I don't know. It, it's going to fluctuate for me. It's hard. Is this in your top 20? Yes. Is this in your top 10? I don't know. Okay. I think it might be right out of my top 10. It might be around the same spot of like Two-Face Part 1 and 2. I have Two-Face 1 and 2 at 11 and 12. Yeah. And I think this is just outside of it at like 13, 14. Yeah. I like the Two-Face episodes a little better. Not because they're overall better episodes. I think it might be a personal bias. I think I just like Two-Face better. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I love these episodes. I think these are among the best. And when I was first like looking forward to looking back at some of these episodes, Clayface was certainly in there. Yeah. You know, what about for you? Uh, it's very high for me. It's probably not in my top 10. Right. Okay. Which says, There's too many good individual that's episodes. That's the thing. It yeah. says less yeah. about the quality of this episode than just about how good the rest of the yeah. series can be. Right. Um, but it's definitely way high up there. I also I'm just I'm very impressed by it. Like we, we said how much of jam is jammed packed, but they have to introduce essentially four brand new characters yep. and establish them with right. distinct personalities yep. and Daggett, Germs, Bell, and Hagen. And they pull it off yeah. like incredibly. Yeah. That's really, really impressive. I agree. Um, yeah. And I also like the this is a little darker than I think the episodes that have come before, you know, yeah, not in just not just in terms of themes, but in terms of the way that um, the way it looks, the way it's shot, the way that these guys are just being told to straight up kill Hagen. Yeah, it's a really interesting. It's an interesting hour. Well, um, and I'm going to give this to you as well, uh, including Two-Face Part 2. Um, it is a little darker even than Two-Face. Right. And yeah. here is why. Two-Face is dark as well. Very dark, maybe equally dark, but there is, especially in Two-Face Part 2, the part where Two-Face gets to get his revenge, yeah. and you get to be with him, and it's kind of fun, Yeah. Um, as much as it is also sad. Um, but Two-Face is more sad right. than dark. Than dark. And Clayface and is just sort of nasty in Part 2. It Yes. Uh, yeah. And Two-Face Part 2, correct me if I'm wrong, ends on kind of an upbeat note. Well, sort of. Right, it's him we'll like... Get, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> two, well, not, that's not, for next week. Well, not oh, for no. well, not for this. I was talking no, about two face. Oh, two face part two. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was talking about clay face. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Two face part two kind of ends on. So the end of two face part two is Batman flips two faces coin into the fountain right. outside of the casino, right. and uh, you know he says, you know, for you, Harvey, or whatever, uh, you know, for your future. I forget the exact line, and the coin len- lands good, good heads up. But we know that's not true. You know what I mean? Right, but. Uh, 
Harvey's not really redeemed. No, but in that moment by itself, it's kind of like a uh, an upbeat thing. A little. It is. There's yes. a little hope in the they're melancholy. Su- they're suggesting way. there's some. There might be some hope for Harvey. Right. There is not. We're not play. getting that. <laughs> <here>. No. <laughs> right. That was my point. Right. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. Definitely not. Um, no. Great episode. Um, can't wait to talk about the next one. Yeah, no, yes. it's exciting. And uh, you'll those, have to wait a whole week. <laughs> a whole week before we get to Feet of Clay Part 2. Um, but yeah, next time on the Batman Tastic Cast, obviously, we will be talking about Feet of Clay Part 2. Evan will be joining us again. So uh, thank you for being here for this episode. Thank you for having me. Back We're to back. Really appreciate it. Excite, excited to have you for, um, for the next one and for more in the future. So thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tastic Cast for Jordan Hugh and Evan Donnellan. I'm Mike Staub. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you continue to support the show by subscribing and leaving a review and sharing it with your friends and leaving a comment and sending us little messages via the internet for all your little bat secrets down there in your bat lab. Continue to listen to more of us and follow us on social media. You can find us pretty much anywhere at Batman Tasticast on all forms of social media. And always, you can find us here every week. And we'll talk to you again next time.